idea of Twitch TV. I, I was watching it way back in the day, Justin TV, all that stuff like that. The idea of having a stream where people would come on and do all types of things is just awesome. A lot of people are familiar with the game aspect, people streaming video games, and it's kind of funny because I just got through seeing a meme that it was a game show, and they asked someone that didn't know anything about gaming what they thought uh, Twitch TV was, and it was like three options. It was like video games, bird watching, and something else, and the person picked bird watching, I guess. Oh, wow. They were thinking tweet or Twitch, but it's really awesome. The great thing about Twitch TV is that you can also do other types of shows, and I've seen that too, where people are putting on uh, interviews, different types of things. So whenever we have a chance to see a new network that's doing something different, it's always great to get their perspective. And that's what's actually going to be happening on February 26th with Hyper Rabbit Power Go Channel. And we're happy to have uh, Zach Eubank here with us to talk about that channel. Thanks for coming on and talking with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, let you guys know what we got going on. Yeah, so I guess start with that name, because I mean, it to me it just sounds like something like you'd see like on a Japanese game show or something. Perfect, and we succeeded. Um, <laughs> so we were wanting to come up with something that let everyone know right off the bat we don't take ourselves too seriously, um, while also kind of calling back to everything we loved about the late 80s, early 90s, uh, you know, style and big robot battles and anime and stuff like that. Um, and it's kind of a play on words because it shortens down to hyper RPG and a lot of our content is kind of heightened levels of RPG uh, using Twitch as an interactive format. So we were just messing around with that. Um, and uh, it was, I think we had pitched over like 200 names and we just kind of kept saying that one because it was fun to say it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. That sounds good. <laughs> So you guys are going to be launching uh, very soon, just like before the show, you're saying you have a countdown clock, it's, it's all yep. all hands on deck. Uh, so you're starting on February 26th with a 48-hour charity drive that's going to be benefiting the Halo Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes, so the Halo Foundation is a group that's really like close to my heart and really dear to me. I worked for them back in 2008, uh, traveling to Nicaragua for them, and... They are a non-denominational charity group that helps orphans and kids in need across the, across the world and in America, mainly using art therapy to help them get through troubles and then taking that art, bringing it back to the United States and auctioning it off at art auctions and making the kids kind of self-sufficient artists, which is to me really cool. And uh, they also do a lot of English programs with them and things like that. And they've been getting a lot of traction in the last year. And I wanted to kind of jump back on board with them and give them a, a chance to shine in a technical space because they've never really tried anything this high tech before. They're a very old fashioned charity group and they do a lot of door to door kind of donations and auctions and things like that. So uh, last year, I was able to raise with uh, the group that I'm a part of close to 400K and donations towards a uh, charity and we want to really try to kick that off right off the bat with this new channel so the 48-hour charity drive 100% of the proceeds go to Halo uh, we will not be keeping a dime of that the, the link goes directly to their website and uh, we will, our goal is to make 200k for them next weekend I'm I'm guessing I don't want to like uh, kind of shoot myself in the foot right off the bat but I'm guessing we'll get over 100k I don't know if we'll get to 200 but we're gonna push for 200 and we're going to be doing that by having a ton of Seattle natives come through who've done, uh, you know, we're going to have Bungie coming by, 343, Privateer Press, um, uh, Penny Arcade, 
harebrained schemes. We're going to have a bunch of different people coming by, playing games with us, having a good time. It's just going to be a big party, but all for a good cause. Yeah, so Harebrained Schemes, Jordan Weissman is also a co-founder. Uh, mm -hmm. It was cool. We got to talk to him a couple of weeks back about the Battletech uh, Kickstarter and all that, so that was really cool. Oh, um, cool. As far as just the, like the different games, like I know you, uh, it was said here that one of the first games you're going to be playing is Necropolis. So what other games are you going to be streaming in that first 48 hours? Uh, well, we're going to have Necropolis right off the bat, and then we're going to have a Beard Off, which was a part of the Kickstarter for Battletech. Um, which is the harebrained schemes team versus the catalyst teams in a game of Battletech, and the loser has to shave their beards. Nice. Um, we are going to be premiering in that something really special that we've been working on for one of our normal shows that starts the next week during our normal programming, um, which is custom 3D printed mechs that are much larger than the Battletech mechs uh, on a four foot by eight foot battle map um, that we're creating. And. Uh, we won't go as detailed as we would into our show that starts the next week, but we're at least going to show off the mechs and have them play with these 3D mechs we've had made, which has been an adventure in itself, getting those things printed and made on time. Um, as far as the rest of the programming, it's, it's going to vary a lot. We won't do too many video games unless it's like 343 is coming by, so we're going to play Halo. We've got Bungie coming by, so we're going to play Destiny with uh, a couple members of the Destiny team. Other than that, we'll do a lot of board games, a lot of fun games. Uh, I've run a bunch of charity drives like this in the past, and I've found that whatever keeps the kind of party environment moving forward and making it a lot of fun, the second we get kind of slow and too serious on something, the donations really start to slow down. So we'll, we'll be trying to keep our spirits really high and doing a lot of really fun stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting because, um, like, like you said, you guys are going to have 10 hours a day, five days a week programming. Your regular yep. programming starts on February 29th. Of course, the uh, uh, the charity launch begins on the 26th. But a lot of people sometimes they get used to just seeing like the, uh, a regular stream or even like on they see someone do something on YouTube. And a lot of times they say to themselves, oh, I could do that. I could put together content. I actually had a chance to work with some people who – you know, who put together a Twitch channel, you see there's so much that goes into the programming. And like you said, hitting that certain amount of excitement, uh, having mm -hmm. something that the audience can really identify with. And of course, your work with Geek and Sun uh, Sundry being a showrunner. Can you just tell us about what it takes to put together programming? Because you know how gamers are, you know, yeah. whether it's tabletop, video games, whatever, they're going to be like, if they don't like it, bam, they're going to tell you right there. So how do you put together your shows? Yeah, not to mention Twitch. If they don't like it, they have a way to tell me right then and there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the right, the comments. Immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that excites me and Jordan Weissman the most about Twitch is that you have that interactivity. Um, and part of the reason Jordan and I started working together is he came by one of my Geek and Sundry shows, which is where we played Heroclix. I asked him to come be on the show since he created Heroclix. And he had a lot of fun while he was there, and we started talking afterwards. And I talked to him about some of the stuff I wanted to achieve, and he talked to me about all the things he loved when he created games like Heroclix and like Battletech. And to him, those were social games and a way for everyone to kind of come together. And that's what excites him about Twitch, and it's what excites me as well. So we brainstorm a lot on ideas on how we can make a show that's tapping into a certain idea of gaming and that certain level of competitiveness and fun and hanging out with friends while also making the chat room feel like they're a part of the experience as much as possible. 
Sometimes it's just taking very normal things and tweaking them a little bit, and that's not super difficult. But then we have shows that are super ambitious and are requiring a ton. It's it's more like television at this point. Yeah. Um, the amount of production that goes into it, the amount of pre-production, the amount of people we have on our team behind the scenes, getting graphics ready, getting, uh, like I said, 3D mechs printed and getting all that stuff handled. Uh, it. My background was in production and film production, and it, it's, I treat it very similar to that. Um, there's not many channels doing this kind of stuff yet because it is a huge risk and it's a lot of work and there's a lot of effort that has to go into it. But even just streaming at home on your own and having a very specific schedule is a lot of work. It's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. The equipment's not cheap. Um, the sanity isn't cheap, I guess, if you want to put a, <laughs> a mark on what sanity costs because when you're you have that many people live telling you what they think about you all day. It can can really mess with you, and uh, yeah. you gotta learn how to filter all that stuff. But, yeah, separate uh, the real comments from the trolls. Exactly. It can just it gets to you. It's it's exhausting uh, for anyone who hasn't tried streaming on Twitch. Being entertaining in front of a camera for six hours straight is is really difficult and exhausting. It's it's a lot harder than people give it credit for. But for our programming, we we try to do as much as we can to interact the chat room. Uh, interact with the chat room and make them a part of the experience because we want to heighten the level of entertainment. We don't want to just do what everyone else is doing. Our whole thing is we want to try to bring new stuff to Twitch that hasn't been seen yet. Yeah, it's really interesting and in, in what you touched on about taking the time to put something to this together. Um, like I said, I've seen like a few people try and do like a little extra different thing on Twitch besides just showing like a TV show, but there isn't that many. And and not only that, it's also the staying power because, like you said, it can be so difficult, it can be costly, and you're not sure. It's not like a television show where you get a green light and you know, no. okay, well, even if it gets canceled, I got my money. I got. It's not like yep. that. So it really takes something. And I've definitely seen where some people don't connect with the audience. And with the gaming audience, you know you're going to get some trolls. Even if they like your show, they may still nitpick something right there live. So when like, oh, yeah. I was looking through the sh uh, show list of, of what you have together, and it looks cool. It's a good variety and diversity of stuff. Uh, what do you think it takes to have that interaction? Because I know that's that's the key, and a lot of times people don't know how to interact. They'll look at someone just making crazy comments, and they'll be like, well, you know what? I'm going to do my show and leave them alone. But then that's a, that sometimes could throw you out in the dark because you didn't have that interaction with the fans. Right. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways. It's funny because it's so – a lot of people have different tactics and different ways of doing it. And since I run it a lot more like a – performance theater or I, I look at it a lot like improv like it's improv theater to me and you're you're coming in and you're yes anding everything you're gonna flow with every single thing that comes up if you see something in the chat that piques your interest a little bit you might not comment on it immediately and you'll hold on to it and then 10 minutes later you can return to it with a bit or some sort of joke that makes them feel appreciated and like you're paying attention to them Lots of it's training, uh, getting used to sitting there, playing a game, watching a chat room, listening to your producer all at once and figuring out what to pick out, what to respond to, what to ignore. Having a really good selection of mods is really important um, because they're going to help you filter out the trolls before you even get a chance to see them. Mm -hmm. And setting a precedent on your channel really quickly on what type of people you want to watch. What, one of the things I love about Twitch is it's an immediate community builder that where as an audience member, if you go into a chat room and you like what you're seeing on screen, you kind of already know everyone else else in that chat room could be your friend because 
they're interested in the same content as you if they're here. And it's such a niche world that there's a really good chance you have a lot of similarities into the people who are also watching this. So right there, it creates a great sense of community. And you're always going to have your haters and your trolls coming through. And it's it, there's different tactics. Like I like to call them out, but I would tell my hosts not to call them out since I'm the guy in charge. I'm cool if people in the chat room think I'm a dick or think that I'm being mean to people uh, because it's my job to keep the channel away from turning into something really negative. My hosts, I would tell them to ignore it, let it go, let the mods deal with it, and have them just comment positively on every single thing so people only see them in a positive light. As far as tips on how to decide on how to be interactive and all that, that's that's really tough for me to put in words. I'm not... We started from the ground up. Some of our shows are actually... The, the interaction's built into it before the show goes live. You know, like we have some shows where some of the interaction goes on off screen. Um, our Shadowrun show, for instance, uh, we wanted to do an RPG. You know, I, I worked on Critical Role and that show became a huge success. And I love those guys and everything they've done. And they are world-class storytellers. And I didn't want to try and replicate that format because I know you can't. You're not going to find another Matt Mercer out there. That dude's insane he's so smart and he's right. one of the best dms i've ever seen uh so thinking about what could we what could we do that's different and to me it's it's integration of the audience into a rpg and i think shadow runs the perfect system for that because it's already a system that's very high tech it's promoting this kind of idea of all these shadowy corporations and stuff going on in the background and your your players are literally mercenaries so we set up the game to be We've partnered with Discord, and we have a Discord server set up where all of our corporations from the Shadowrun world are in their own server. And when you subscribe to our channel, you get to choose which corporation you want to be a part of. Like, And each corporation has kind of different goals and ideas. And, and once you join a corporation, you give that corporation your influence. And uh, once a corporation gets to so many members they have a certain amount of influence and they're able to contact the GM and hire the GM to send the shadow runners on another mission against another corporation. So all of the chat room members are kind of warring against each other to have the people on screen do their bidding. And then we have games built within the chat to allow them to buy every week. They can use their points of influence to buy like new, um, upgrades to their defense for their corporation or upgrades that like if they want a security team if they're worried that a certain corporation might hire the runners to come after them they can purchase using some of their points a, uh, a security detail that the gm will be notified about and make sure to put into our story so we're trying to create a really really interactive game that allows all of the audience members to feel like they're playing it with the hosts i know that when i watch Anyone in the gaming industry, you know, especially if they're putting forth themselves like on pro gamers or people who are doing voice acting for video games. I always mm -hmm. think to myself that people like that, even, you know, professional gamers where sometimes you have a rift in a gaming community who thinks to themselves, oh, they shouldn't be treated with this. They're just playing a game. But no, it's a high level of skill, just like anything else that you you train yourself and get better at when you're looking at the changing face of media where you're having people in gaming who are building channels like yours, like geek and sundry. Do you think that we'll soon get to the point where people who are gamers, pro gamers,
who have made their lives doing streaming, things like that, could be looked in the same regard as, you know, an actor or even a musician or something like that for their skills, for their presence on things like Twitch and YouTube? I think some of them already are. Um, I know that uh, within my community, but that could also be just because my community is that community and I have an echo chamber and I... F I, if I went back to the Midwest, I'd probably be, they'd be like, "What's Twitch? Who are video gamers?" But um, I, th I think some people are though, and they're starting to get respect. I mean, obviously, esports has gotten so huge, and those guys are like rock stars. You know, when you go to a league, when you see a League of Legends event, and they have the opening animations and everything, it's it's massive. The amount of money they're putting into those productions and and those people is it's just insane. Those those guys have become guys and girls have become rock stars in their own right, and I think uh, if that continues and that trend and Twitch keeps growing at the exponential rate that it is, I think it's very safe to say that in a couple, you know, who knows, 10 years from now, we could have the Michael Jordan of video gaming that we all know the name of and everybody knows it's a household name and they're doing commercials on TV and stuff like that. I think that's very possible. As far as uh, your previous work with Geek and Sundry, um, of course, people are familiar with Felicia Day, Will Wheaton. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I watch a lot of the shows. I love, like, the classic gaming show that you guys had. I, I really enjoyed it. Even though we, we've, we, obviously, gamer shows have been trying to reach out to Felicia Day and Will Wheaton for a while. We're still hoping to do that. <laughs> but can you just tell us about your time uh, working with Geek and Sundry and what that was like? Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I respect the shit out of Felicia Day. Um, that's one of the hardest working and inspi most inspiring women I've ever met in my life. And it was uh, really honored to kind of work with her on a project. And, um, you know, I was really sad to go and to move on. Um, but I think I'd gotten the channel as far as I could. And I left my brother in charge, who I'd been training for the last year. So very much the same attitude is in place and all the things that we had built. And, um, I think one of the, the coolest things that came out of that experience was the community that Felicia introduced me to. You know, com Felicia is really smart with building community and she's really good at talking to fans and I learned a lot from her um, in, that, in that regard. And this community that her and her brother have built, uh, known as Team Human, is one of the coolest things I've ever seen on the internet. It's just this large, large group of people who are all about doing positive things on the internet. And getting to harness that group and make kind of like help them achieve bigger things and bigger charities and bigger initiatives was a really cool thing. And now I feel really honored that a lot of them are supporting me in my next endeavor. And um, that, that to me was like the biggest takeaway of that entire experience is the fans that I got to meet through that experience. Uh, as far as working, you know, for Geek and Sundry, that was that was really cool. Like they're owned by Legendary, uh, Legendary Digital, so there's a really large studio in Burbank, and we were able to build um, the studio there. And you know, some of that stuff I might have taken for granted because now, as the person in charge of this new studio and having to build it from the ground up, I uh, really miss the having a standing set kind of studio that somebody else is paying for that I could walk into and work on. <laughs> Actually, paying the electricity is like, oh, my God, turn off all the lights. This is ridiculous. But, um, you know, that, that was a really neat experience. And I'm, uh, you know, I relocated from Los Angeles to Seattle to do this channel. And I'm going to miss all of those guys and my old Geek and Sundry team. But I know they're in good hands. And 
Um, excited to see not just one channel on Twitch trying to do that, but now we'll have this channel, and I'm sure more will start to follow as more shows like what we had done over there continue to be successful. Yeah, we definitely need to get some East Coast love, man. You know, we need like a, a place over here on South Beach. That'd be sweet. Mm -hmm. You know, beach, you have the drinks, you have gaming. That'd yeah. be perfect. I got to see if we can work something out like that. But... I would absolutely love for this channel to be in Florida. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. you know, it's interesting because I was just thinking about that. Um, I spent some time in California, and of course, you see that, you know, you have the large gaming companies down there. You have a lot of community there. And, you know, with you going uh, north to Seattle, it a lot of people told me, like, it, not only in video games but in film, like, a lot of people are, are branching out, and that's great. Can you just tell us about that, about trying to promote, you know, gaming and, and people in, in, the, in the northwest uh, since everyone's always so focused on, you know, California? Well, that's the main reason I came up here. Jordan and I had a really long conversation about should we have this channel – in California or Seattle and Jordan loves Seattle you know Shadowrun's based in Seattle or, or not totally but there's a Seattle aspect to Shadowrun um, it's very much a part of a lot of the games he's made and the main reason we came up here is we started looking around and the amount of stuff coming out of the Pacific Northwest for the tech and gaming industry it's it's huge I think you know the the gaming industry in Seattle is like the Silicon Valley, you know, of tech. It's there's so much stuff up here. And I was really amazed to see that there's not really anyone up here talking on it. You know, there's a couple uh, written press outlets, you know, but uh, there's not really any media. And I'm starting to know why. <laughs> it's tough. Um, there's not really an outlet up here. Uh, Vermont's very close and they have a huge film and media kind of group. Um, and that's only three hours away, so I think most people just go there for media. But when you think of places like Austin and you think of San Francisco, these are big tech cities and Los Angeles. There's media there to cover what's going on, and you're always hearing about it, and there's always stuff coming out about that. I feel like we're just now, because as I've been having these conversations about why is there not media up here, there's other groups also at the same time realizing what I'm realizing, and I think in the next year or two, you're going to start hearing and seeing a lot more about Seattle because Amazon and Microsoft both are just powerhouses that are doing a lot of stuff in the world of gaming right now. And they're, they're the, the start of that hub, and especially Microsoft. And now you've got all these other game companies coming up here. And, you know, especially with the explosion of VR, it's just it's everywhere. And I'm really excited to bring all of these developers onto the channel and talk about what they're working on. But it's it's been a tough transition. Um some stuff like just finding the lights that we need is kind of impossible and we've had to um, ship some stuff up from Los Angeles to get some of the things we need just because from a film production standpoint there's not as much up here that we need but the but the uh, the games are here so that's why we came awesome hyper RPG you can catch it on Twitch www.twitchtv.com slash hyperrpg. They're going to be starting on February 26th, 10 hours a day. They're going to be starting off with a nice 48-hour marathon, and then you can check their regular program on the 29th of February, five days a week, 10 hours a day. That's that's awesome. You know, I honestly, I really do hope that people support 
uh, channels like yours because a lot of people are always saying, hey, I want to see gaming be mainstream. I want to have a place where I can go and, and see other gamers, see things, and maybe even have a future for themselves to, to work in that field. And having different outlets like Geek and Sundry, like what you're doing here, is really great to see. So I wish you all the best success, and I hope that people will tune in and watch. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Oh, well, thanks again for coming on and talking with us. All right, no problem.